Hi, everybody. We've got a very special birthday to celebrate today. But before that, I did want to pay tribute to one of my great idols, Paul Rubens, who died yesterday at the age of 70. He's certainly most famous for portraying the iconic weirdo Pee Wee Herman. I was such a fan of everything that Pee Wee did, including not only his movies, especially Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but also the television series Pee Wee's Playhouse, which I watched every Saturday morning. I was, by that point, much too old to be watching something that silly. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Pee Wee was a delight for people of any age. I was trying to figure out how to best pay musical tribute to Pee Wee when I remembered that he acted as host on Pee Wee's Playhouse to that eccentric geriatric girl group, the Del Rubio Triplets. And from a 1989 episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse, here are the Del Rubio Triplets singing These Boots Were Made for Walkin'. Hit it! Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode. Our special birthday celebrant today, and I do mean special, is the great Austrian soprano Gundula Janowitz. She's very famous as the jugendlich dramatisch soprano of the 60s, 70s, and into the 1980s. 
she excelled in Mozart, Strauss, and Wagner repertoire. And we're going to hear live examples of her in all of that material today. Because I'm on vacation, it's going to be more music than talk today, but I don't think anybody's going to mind when the voice that we are listening to is that of Janowitz. Here she is in a 1971 recording, live from the Théâtre des Champs-Élysées, of Frühling, the first of the Vierletzte Lieder, the four last songs of Richard Strauss of which she was one of the supreme interpreters of all time. The conductor is Fritz Rieger, and the performance took place on the 3rd of March, 1971.
though I believe she self-identifies as Austrian. Gundula Janowitz was indeed born in Berlin on the 2nd of August 1937, so today is her 86th birthday. Last year, everybody was full of praise as she celebrated her 85th, and I also did a brief tribute to her on my Barely Sang at the Met episode, posted just a year ago. But I think that also on off years, these treasured artists should be celebrated just as vigorously. So, I have a wonderful program lined up for us today. The next thing that we're going to hear is an excerpt from Erich Korngold's first opera, Der Ring des Polykrates, which he composed when he was only 17 years old. No doubt because of his father Julius Korngold's standing as the leading music critic in Vienna. Young Erich also received a great deal of push from his father. This piece, which he composed, as I said, when he was 17 years old, premiered in Munich in the year 1916 with a cast that featured Karl Erb and Maria Ivogun, two of the big stars of the era and at that time married to each other. Bruno Walter conducted the world premiere. Further productions that year featured Zelma Kurz and Alfred Pickover and Richard Tauber and Elisabeth Rettberg. So, talk about great names. But you know, Gundula Janowitz is one of those great voices as well. And in 1960, she participated in a radio tribute to Erich Korngold. Here she is in her dewy youth at the age of only 22, singing this excerpt from Der Ring des Polykrates, an aria known as Tagebuch der Laura, Laura's Diary. Geschickt, Gott, wie uns kommt. 
What are some of the characteristics of Janowitz's voice? It has a very pure, cool timbre to it that was ideally heard in the music of Strauss, Mozart, and Wagner, but we're also going to hear her in some other repertoire as well. I think that one of her greatest Strauss impersonations was in the title role of Arabella, a role in which the coolness of her timbre stood her in perfect stead, much as it did with her predecessor in the Jugendlich Dramatisch repertoire, Lisa della Casa. There's a film version of this that one can see, and she reveals herself to be an actor of the very finest caliber, over and over again in many of these opera films and filmed live performances in which she can be seen. Here she is in a performance live from Vienna on the 20th of September 1976, singing the Aber der Richtige duet with none other than the beloved Slovak soprano Lucia Pop. <laughs> 
Heinrich Hollreiser leads the orchestra of the Wiener Staatsoper.
Janowitz was also one of the premier Mozart singers that ever lived. Early in her career, her Pamina, her Ilia, set a standard that was nearly impossible to attain, much less surpass. She went on to be one of the greatest countesses ever, and her Fjordeligi is also exceptional. I believe she sang it for the first time in 67 or 68, and at that point her voice was ideally capable of handling all the extreme vocal demands of the part. But even more than that, I think that emotionally the character of Fiordiligi was extremely well suited to her character, and when she sings the part, she taps into some of the most poignant aspects of that character. While her comiscolio is very, very good, I always found her performance of Per Pietà in the second act to represent the essence of her Fiordiligi. There are some amazing performances around. She sang the role over the course of most of the 1970s in performances at the Salzburg Festival, performances that featured the same core cast, Brigitte Fassbender, Rary Grist, Peter Schreier, Hermann Prey, Rolando Panerai, conducted by Karl Böhm. With Böhm, she also made a film of Cosi, which co-starred Christa Ludwig, a dearly beloved colleague of hers, and I was really at a loss which one of her many performances to play for you. And I settled on the one from Salzburg in 1974. Even though by this point her voice had grown increasingly short on top, and this is something that some people criticized her for, I simply forgave it, overlooked it, whatever. I mean, I thought that the way that she handled that physical limitation told a lot about her technical command. For one thing, she has breath control for days. And if she sort of scooches on the high B at the very end of the aria in this performance, it really doesn't matter. She has shown us so much of what Fiordiligi is about. So I am playing for you her live performance with Karl Böhm of Fjordiligi from Salzburg on the 28th of July 1974. <laughs>
Another role in which Janowitz set a virtually unmatchable standard was Agathe in Der Freischütz, that quintessential German romantic opera. As the beleaguered heroine, she captures so much of what a young girl would be experiencing in the era in which the opera is set. I have a live performance with Karl Böhm, again conducting the orchestra of the Wiener Staatsoper, of Agathe's big schöne Vinate mir der Schlummer, followed by the Cavatina, Leise, Leise, Fromme Weise, and the Cabaretta, All meine Pulse schlagen. Of all the live and studio versions of Janowitz singing this particular scene, I would say this one is my favorite because there's just that much more dramatic engagement. And also, she really handles the almost clarinet-like vocal writing of the Cabaletta better than I've heard her do anywhere else. This performance was from Vienna on the 28th of May, 1972. Thank you. 
were just talking, or at least I was, about the way that Janowicz used her voice in an almost instrumental way. This aspect of her singing made her a perfect interpreter of the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. Her recordings with Karl Richter and Deutsche Grammophon in the 1960s are simply out of this world. I love a somewhat old-fashioned approach to Bach. I've spoken about this numerous times. Just a few weeks ago, we heard some beautifully old-fashioned Bach performed by Eileen Farrell when she was a member of the Bach Aria Group in the 1950s. Here is Janowitz in a rare radio broadcast from Hannover sometime in the 1970s performing the central aria from Cantata 199, Mein Herz schwimmt in Blut. When I did my Ellie Ameling 90th birthday tribute back in February, I did a whole episode on Ellie singing the music of Bach, of which she was also an ideal interpreter. Janowitz has a more substantial voice, but both of these artists, and Eileen Farrell as well, all use their voices in a very instrumental way to very cleanly articulate the vocal writing, no matter how florid it gets. Now, this is not a florid aria. It's one that plums the most profound depths of suffering and repentance. We begin with the recit, Doch Gott muss mir gnädig sein, and then I play the entire aria, Tief gebückt und voller Reue. As I mentioned, this is a performance from Hannover that was broadcast on the radio. Mathieu Lange leads members of the Radio Symphonie Orchestra Hannover. Thank you. 
Janowitz was also a supreme interpreter of the music of Richard Wagner, up to a point. Let me explain. A one-time mentor of hers, Herbert von Karajan, thought that she was an ideal Sieglinde, and he plugged her into this part, singing it in his Salzburg Easter Festival and also when he conducted the work at the Met. But I don't think that that role suited her particular talents all that well. The part is far too sexually unbuttoned. I never really found that this was an ideal part for her. But there are several Wagner parts in which I think she was almost without equal. Elsa in Lohengrin, Eva in Meistersinger, and also Elisabeth in Tannhäuser. And from her live Elisabeth in Perugia, of all places, in 1972, conducted by Wolfgang Savalisch, we're going to hear Elisabeth's prayer from the third act, Allmächtige Jungfrau.
It might surprise you to know that Janowitz also sang a certain number of Verdi heroines. Some of them will surprise you more than others. Did you know she sang the role of Odabella in Attila? I mean, she gets through it, and there is indeed a complete live recording from Berlin, I think, in the year 1971. She also, even more successfully, sang the role of Amelia Boccanegra, and my favorite of her Verdi impersonations, Elisabetta in Don Carlo. You know, there is a tradition with Don Carlo of casting a more Nordic kind of soprano in this part. Nordic referring not to nationality, but rather to vocal timbre. I'm thinking of singers like the Dutch soprano Hrey Brovenstein or Shana Jurinatz, who sang it so memorably at Covent Garden. And in Vienna, in the fall of 1970, Janowitz sang the part of Elisabetta in a performance of this opera that has rarely received a more vital, on-fire performance. I mean, my God, just consider this cast. Shirley Verrett as Eboli, Eberhard Wächter as Rodrigo, Nikolai Gyarov as Filippo, Marti Talvela as the Grand Inquisitor, down to Edita Gruberva and Judith Blagan in supporting roles, and in the title role, none other than the spectacular Franco Corelli. Now, to take a singer like Corelli and pair him opposite Janowitz, it's either going to be chalk and cheese or there is going to be an incredibly exciting pairing of opposites. And I suggest to you that, in fact, that is what we hear in this excerpt from Act 2. Act 1, actually, in this version, because they cut out the Fontainebleau act. This is the Io vengo a domandar duet in which Don Carlo finally gains an audience with the queen, his stepmother, with whom he has previously fallen deeply in love. I say this scene absolutely crackles. The conductor, by the way, is Horst Stein, a highly underrated but extremely compelling conductor. This legendary performance took place on the 25th of October, 1917. Yeah. 
As the program begins to wind down, I would like to offer an excerpt from what I think is one of Gundula Janowicz's most memorable and yet least expected roles, that of Leonore in Beethoven's Fidelio. She sang it, I believe, for the first time in the summer of 1977 at the outdoor festival in Orange in a series of performances led by Zubin Mehta conducting the Israel Philharmonic. I say this is one of her least expected roles because, now don't get all irritated with me here, just bear me out for a moment. My favorite Leonores are sung by sopranos who, in a certain sense of the word, probably never had any business taking on the part, in that they were stretched to their absolute limits. Let me just name a few such singers. Elisabeth Söderström, Shana Jurinatz, Lotte Lehmann, and Gundula Janowitz. Each of these women was taxed almost 
to the edge of her capabilities. And you know, one could also include Christa Ludwig in this august company, because she was a mezzo, and she knew that she would be paying a certain vocal price by taking on this part. And I dare say that was true of all of these other women. And yet, and yet, the challenge and the rewards of portraying a character who faces superhuman odds herself. We all know the story, right? Florestan, a radical and a political upstart, has been captured and held in isolation by his enemy, Pizarro. His wife, Leonora, discovers where he is, disguises herself as a young boy, and gets hired as an assistant to the jailer Rocco determined by whatever means and whatever the cost to free her husband from his chains. So it very much is an opera about the triumph of the human spirit, about a woman facing incredible and insurmountable challenges to achieve a goal which she simply must attain. Janowitz also sang the role under the baton of Leonard Bernstein, the following season after she first did the part in Orange. She has gone on the record as stating publicly that Leonard Bernstein did not like her. He was opposed to her being cast in the role. He wanted someone else. I don't know who that might have been. But for whatever reason or reasons, that singer was not available. And so she has stated that he treated her with not much respect, not that he was trying to jinx her, but let's just say that they were not on the same wavelength. In spite of that, she achieves an amazing performance with him, but one in which one is very frequently aware of the fact that this role stretched her to her very limits. But in Orange, the previous summer, under the baton of Zubin Mehta, she takes the aria down a half step, and I have to say, that any limitations that might have impeded her singing it just a half step higher are gone. She exhibits superhuman control, and more than that, there's a live extant video of this, and you can see the nobility of her interpretation, the desperation, everything comes to bear. And once again, in the cabaletta to this aria, the writing, as in so many German romantic operas, the writing becomes increasingly challenging and almost instrumental, and she manages every single pitfall that Beethoven sets. She faces it head-on, and she surpasses all expectations. The sound on this is not fabulous, but I am including it anyway because I think it is one of the greatest moments of one of my favorite singers. So here is Abscheuliche, live from Orange in the summer of 1977. <laughs> Der Menschheit Stimme 
I have not yet said anything about my personal connection to Gundula Janowitz. I mean, I don't have one actually, but I have a deep emotional connection to her. Part of it, of course, and this is very silly, but you know, when I was a kid, 12, 13 years old, I found at the Tower Records in the Janesville Mall, Janowitz's first operatic recital recording, arias of Weber and Wagner. And she's wearing this very strange-looking lace-front wig, blonder than blonde. To me, she was the epitome of beauty, and not just vocal beauty. I just fell in love with her. And 
I always thought of us as being sort of namesakes. Gundula, Gundlach. <laughs> I always called her Gundy. <laughs> I know it's silly, but our love for our favorite singers is kind of a silly thing. The more I experienced her singing, the more I loved it. And she retained to the very end of her performing career that beautiful, shimmery, silvery timbre that is so unlike any other singer. By the way, I do want to mention that this birthday tribute is spilling over into a bonus episode that I will be publishing also for my Patreon supporters, which will feature an early performance of Janowitz opposite the tenor Waldemar Kment and the baritone Eberhard Wächter in a short opera by Robert Stolz called Die Rosen der Madonna, The Roses of the Madonna. It's a 45-minute piece. She is, again, in the first flush of youth, just sounding like a million bucks. You can see why people were so excited by her from the very outset. So that is offered complete, and I also supplement that on this bonus episode with a performance of each of the four last songs from different live performances, one with Bernard Heitink, another one with Fritz Rieger at the Théâtre des Champs-Élysées, one with the legendary Romanian conductor Sergiu Celibidace, and one a live performance from Munich conducted by Kurt Eichhorn. These recordings date between 1968 and 1971, so Janowitz is heard in her absolute prime. I'm so excited about each and every of those performances. I mean, I love the recording with Karian from, I think it's 1973, but it is a little, quote-unquote, too perfect, if you will. Every little bump has been ironed out, and I enjoy hearing more of the humanity that Janowitz brings to these live performances. So if that is of interest to you, you can also become a Patreon supporter if you aren't already. You can go to patreon.com countermelody and Sign on to become a supporter of the podcast, either through a monthly or a yearly donation. And with that, of course, you will also receive my profound thanks for your support. We're going to close the episode with just one example that highlights two very important aspects of Janowitz's career. First of all, she was a supreme interpreter of Lieder, and there are many performances and recordings of her singing German Lieder. She brings an incredibly beautiful timbre always, but she also has profound insight and superb diction. Her approach is always on the cool side, but that doesn't trouble me because, you know, underneath any apparently unruffled surface, there is always a palpitating heart underneath. And that is something that I have always gleaned from the performances of Janowitz. So what we are going to hear now is her performance of the song Im Abendrot by Franz Schubert. She's accompanied by Charles Spencer. This is a live performance from Athens in September 1999, and it was her final public performance before her retirement. She is here, 62 years old, and sounding almost as unblemished and pure as she did 
40 years earlier. So once again, I would like to wish a very, very happy birthday. Sehr geschätzte Frau Kammersängerin, ich und meine Zuhörer wünschen Ihnen alles Gute zum Geburtstag. Wir sind dankbar darüber, dass Sie Ihre Gaben so großzügig gegeben haben, dass unser Leben und unser Geist sich so verändert haben.
my dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach. <laughs>